The reviews are in, and we're going to tell you what they are. He is Todd Vandenberg. I'm Rob Steele, and we've got something very cool coming up in that we've got a poll, which does not mean we're going to be waving a baton in front of a stick. No, it, we've got something that we want to get your opinion on, and we'll get to that right after the news, because there's a good segue forthcoming. But before that, I want to yell at CNET. <clears throat> I am not happy with CNET. If you don't know CNET, it is a C-N-E-T, not seen it, the trivia board game or whatever. This is <laughs> CNET, the website that does a lot of uh, computer stuff. Now, the last show we had, we went through all the Bond movies and kind of said, you know, these are the best ones and these are the crap ones and stuff. This past Friday, CNET did the exact same damn thing. <laughs> stole, stole stole right out from under us stole our thunder the bastards although i will say this and it did kind of surprise me um there was an agreement between your list my list and cnet's list in that a view to a kill is the sh worst bond. <laughs> the sh worst bond movie yes sh yeah, i forgot we have to do a family-friendly show ah Agreed. I blame Ted. Um, yeah, <laughs> View to a Kill was dead last. Although, from there, everything got really weird because apparently Octopussy came in at 10. Moonraker was 7. That's... No. Who, who wrote this list? Someone... I, I don't know. Let's see if there's a name attached to it. Someone who's never heard of Sean Connery? Joel Ryan, but Joel is spelled with an A. Well, there you go. You, <clears throat> you got your name spelled wrong. So there. Maybe he's Joel. He's like a half brother of Cal Al. Maybe it's a, and and the picture is asexual. <clears throat> Maybe Joel is a woman. I can't tell. Could be. I mean, absolutely no offense either way. Regardless, jo saying, Joel, I, you're wrong. Octopussy is horrible. <clears throat> as is Moonraker. Anyway. But from Russia with Love came in at number two and Goldfinger number one. I can't entirely argue with that. Right. I wouldn't either. Anyway, as long as you get like the top three or four, you're good. And View to a Kill is dead last. We'll be fine. Huzzah! But stop sealing our thunder. <clears throat> that was ours, thank you. Yes, because no one else ever thought of ranking the Bond movies after Sean Connery's After Sean page. Connery died? No, no one else would have thought of that. Which, by <laughs> the way, they are all available to stream now, I believe, on Amazon Prime. Well, actually, if you want to be picky, if you go to Pluto TV, ah, there is a James Bond fun. channel that will show all, they're not in order, but they're thank all you for, Thank you for mentioning Pluto TV. I, th I don't think we do enough to mention <clears throat> alternate streaming platforms, and Pluto is a really good one. Pluto has got, what is it, like 250 channels? Something like that, that. yeah. <clears throat> there's a James Bond channel, there's a classic Doctor Who channel. Right. Which I'm, and, I have been enjoying the crap out of the past couple of weeks. Stir is another one. And by the way, Pluto is free. Stir yeah. is free. There you have to have internet access. In it, you'll get over it. But yeah, there's there's tons of, of free streaming platforms. So There's an Impact Wrestling channel. Yeah, which is pretty sweet. <clears throat> it is actually. Um, and we may have news in our next show <clears throat> about the deal that might exist between Impact and AEW, which might mean something bad for the WWE, which is actually a big entertainment thing because that's a yeah 
that's that's actually a pretty big deal. And that's actually would be a really good thing if it was bad for the WWE, considering how they treat their. I'm sorry, they don't have employees; they have independent contractors. So, and yeah. that's one of the reasons. Anyway, yes. On to the actual big news of the week. Yes, back Comes to movies. From Warner Brothers. Yes. Um, I like the headline: Warner Brothers smashes box office windows. <laughs> thought that was very an interesting headline because it is warners has announced that they will send their entire 2021 new movie slate to theaters and simultaneously to hbo max yep <clears throat> now th- this doesn't Same include day. wonder woman at christmas and todd has right. something on that in a minute mm-hmm. but it's going to going to include suicide squad 2 matrix 4 dune uh, godzilla versus kong which is still coming right um and it's for the first 31 days after opening day. Right. And then it disappears for a while. Right. Which, that's a big deal. That's a huge deal. Uh, theater chains, I don't know what all theater chains have said because they haven't called me, called me because why would they? But AMC, and I can't recall the other thing, it wasn't Regal, but another large chain, not happy about this, understandably so, because... They already have huge restrictions on how many people are going to show up at the theater because some, uh, many are closed still, like in my area. Uh, The ones that are open, they're running at half capacity. In some cases, one-fourth capacity. And now Warner's comes out and says, hey, you don't have to go out and see a movie. You can stay home. You can stay in and watch a movie. Like, like they're stealing our line too? Yeah, they're stealing our line too. So I can understand. This week. (laughs) Bastards. I can understand why the theater chains are upset because most people, I, COVID aside, if nothing was going on that kept you from going to the movie theater, what do you think? Maybe half the people who want to see Wonder Woman 84 would just stay home and watch it? At least. Yeah, I would think so. So this is a huge chunk out of the box office receipts. Um, personally, I'm happy because movie theaters around me are closed and if they were open, I wouldn't be going anyway because I would rather be alive. Um, and again, this is going to be on HBO Max, so it's released day and date on their streaming service, not someone else's streaming service. But it is free. R two D two says R two is that's a bunch of now because Star Wars <laughs> is not. <laughs> so it is on HBO Max. So if you have a, if you already subscribed to HBO or if it's already included with your cable package, guess what? You have HBO Max. It may sound bizarre, but I didn't even realize that until two days ago. So uh, if you have HBO, you have HBO Max. So you can stream HBO Max to your laptop, to your phone, to your tablet. If you are on have Fire TV, you can stream it that way. If you use, if you use Roku, you can't because they have not reached a deal yet with Roku, but eventually they will. And as Rob had mentioned in pro-pro, not pre-pro, because it was during the show. Anyway, hi, Ted. As Rob had mentioned, HBO HBO and Warners is doing something a little bit different, though, before Wonder Woman 1984 comes out on HBO Max Christmas Day. They will not have a free trial the week of. So you can't just sign up for your seven-day free trial of HBO Max on December 23rd thinking, ha-ha, we'll watch Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, no, you won't be, which honestly, I think is fair. Uh, 
that's a much more equitable arrangement than Disney Plus did with, oh, you're paying us? You're subscribing to our channel? That's awesome. You want to see the new Mulan remake? Give me 30 bucks, which, by the way, is now available to stream on some platforms. But like Disney Plus, it's available for free. So now if you waited, you can watch it for nothing. Well, your monthly subscription. So I don't really see any issue with Warner saying it's like, yeah, we're not going to give you the free preview because they would have a slew of people signing up for nothing to watch it, to watch Wonder Woman 1984 and then cancel. So that's fair. I am really surprised about this move though, that they're doing a day and date because yeah. Now, one thing I haven't read is if they are sharing some of the revenue. revenue. Okay. Because I know initially that was the concept. They were going to share some of the revenue from the streaming platform with the theaters. But then when they went to this concept of the entire slate, I hadn't heard if they're updating that. So yeah, I'm not so sure that the theaters should be complaining tremendously since they are getting a cut of that, but they're wanting to build the HBMX brand because it's, it's drastically underperforming. I believe I read that 25% of HBO subscribers are use HBO Max, which is, well, I was one of them. Uh, I don't really know what the benefit is to them of having an HBO subscriber, then use HBO Max because there's no additional revenue stream there because it's not anything extra. But uh, I know one thing, they're not doing a very good job of promoting promoting it, plus the fact it's not on Roku. That doesn't help them either, but... That's the whole point. They're trying to build the brand. Actually, I want to say there was a thing. Oh, it will be coming, of course. There's there's too much money to be made. Uh, It it is definitely coming. It's just a matter of how can they do the splits and blah blah blah. Because that's what it all boils down to. That was that was the holdup with every streaming service that's hit Roku a little late, like Peacock. Well, according to CNET, the pricks you stole our bond thing. Bastards. I'm just saying Um, an HBO max executive has says we will get a deal done before wonder woman for Roku. Not surprising because yeah, I mean, that would be, they they definitely want that 1499 a month, which is what HBO max costs. If you don't already subscribe to HBO. Um, Actually, there's another Warner based news story. I want to see what you think about this because this one was I like it. subtly added in. Um, it's non United States based DC Comics projects, meaning they're going to be, and these are just examples that may or may not exist, right, right. adapting Superman to Korea or making an Australian Batman, which uh, I don't I love see it. why not. It's just I, kind of. I love it. Ought to be interesting. I would love to see a Korean Superman. I mean, we hadn't talked about it. We mentioned it before, but Japanese Spider-Man. <laughs> right? Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. Which was, it's, I don't know how long the series had been, but it wasn't movies. It was a series. And Spider-Man is very different in Japan. Like, really different. Like He, he has a mech. Yeah, he drives around in a, in a flying Spider-Mobile, and he's got a giant robot because it's Japan. He's not Peter. Boy, that's his love interest. He's not. (laughs) Don't say that. And and he's not Peter Parker. Get out that way. It's not my idea. 
and he's not Peter Parker. So very, very different. The Spider-Man costume is the same as like the classic Spider-Man costume. Uh, but there's not a whole lot of similarities other than that. It's hilarious. Look, honestly, look it up. You know what? Find the, I, I, I'm going to plug honest trailers for this because I did a, a really good job of. Uh, oh, I've not seen that. Honest trailers is fantastic. Everything they, they, they do they is just amazing. <clears throat> but Japanese Spider-Man, extremely different. Uh, but yeah, why not? Why not have well, actually, your own version? That and goes I, right into uh, the next story I came across, which was uh, news from Spider-Man 3. Right. Because <clears throat> we know they're already doing the crossover thing because they brought in Tobey Maguire. They brought in uh, Andrew Garfield to go with. Crap, I forgot the new guy, Tom Holland. Right. Sorry, his name swung off on a web. Um, <laughs> they're bringing in Jamie Foxx to reprise Electro. And Alfred, Alfred Molina. Molina has been spotted yeah. on the set. Exactly, which makes so, me super happy. I don't really care about Jamie Foxx's Electro. I love Jamie Foxx, but that character was just really poorly as done. As it could have been. It was terrible compared to what it could have been. I was being nice to Jamie Foxx because... Ah, Jamie Foxx had nothing to do with it. He's, they said, oh, here's great. the script, act it this way. And it was like, they completely screwed that character up and they gave him nothing to work with. So I hope they change the character a lot because I would love to see Jamie Foxx be able to do something with it. But Alfred Molina, that is awesome news because he was, I mean, he's a great actor. And God, what a, what a great I was going to say villain, but he's the villain, but he's more of an antagonist because he has, he's not the, the cookie cutter villain that shows up all too often. So I, I just a hope big there's a lot. Eight arms. It would Perfect. be a really big cookie and they stretch or actually they extend. They don't stretch. He's not Mr. Fantastic, but I'm hoping that these aren't cameos. I'm hoping these are central figures that, that would be nice. Because we're certainly getting the Sinister Six. That's pretty freaking obvious. If nothing else, that they're building towards it. So, Actually, you mentioned stretching, and I forgot about this story that, <clears throat> going back to DC for just a moment. A Stretch Armstrong movie? Say it isn't so, please, God. You're not that far off. It's Plastic <laughs> Man. Oh, God. <laughs> Except they're doing a gender swap, so it'll be Plastic Wool Man. Oh, no. I mean, I'm fine with that, except I immediately thought, Jim Carrey. Plastic Man. Well, I'm slightly worried that Plastic Woman sounds like it's uh, got <laughs> nah, something to do with sex toys. Don't, don't. Okay, there you go. I Family friendly. Place. This is for the other show. Did I go there? No. They, they went, went there by there. making that title that made everyone else go, that sounds like sex toys. <laughs> um, I am on board totally with a Plastic Man, Plastic Woman movie, whatever, because it's a, it's a great character. Depends on who does the script, obviously, because uh, I can't think of the names of the writers for the first two Deadpool movies who are now not employed for Deadpool 3, which is a totally different subject. But if they write it, I'm totally on board. Could be interesting. And actually, uh, you know what? Speaking of gender swapping. Yes. Which I'm not entirely sure I want to, and I'm not entirely sure it happened. Um, what is your take on um, the Umbrella Academy news? Yes, interesting, right? Um, because the Oscar-nominated star, well, I guess it's it's now Elliot Page, formerly yes. Ellen Page. He is he is now Elliot Page. She she formerly he formerly identified as Ellen Page. 
<clears throat> now identifies as Elliot Page, which more power to you, Elliot, seriously. But yeah. interesting that Elliot is still playing the same character. So well, the I, character I have, I have not female. seen a recent picture of Elliot. Mm -hmm. What? From what I've seen, the pictures I've seen, Elliot doesn't look that different. I mean, he hasn't had any kind of surgery or which, not that they would be showing those pictures. I mean, geez, you know, don't need to see that. Well, okay, take that back. Elliot has a shorter haircut now. And which is about the only thing you could like easily change and, you know, wearing more masculine clothes, whatever. Um, so it'll be interesting if the character is going to be transgender, what the situation is. I haven't heard about that. Um, I would assume that that is what they would do. Uh, don't know if that's what they're going to do. I haven't seen all of Umbrella Academy. The, I've saw like the first four episodes. It was just one of these things is like, it wasn't my favorite thing ever. So other things come up, but I really liked what I saw. That's about where I got with it. The page is... Paige is a tremendous actor and it's okay to call actresses actors and Elliot Page is now an actor as opposed to an actress. Um, absolutely more power to Elliot. Um, the, the only question about that I have is the character that Elliot is playing. It's like, what are they going to do with that character? He, I would well, assume. What? No, that's. Sorry. Yeah, that's it's totally different. Oh yeah. Well, they work together Will Gina Carano and Elliot Page work together. Um, which by the way, and I know you're not watching it because you're some sort of Philistine and you're just waiting for the end of all of I the episodes. I am going to see if I can actually binge a series once again. <laughs> this but, is something I would be interested in binging because a yes. lot of the other binge shows binge right. watch this show and I'm like, I'm not even sure I'm interested in watching it in the first place. Yeah, totally. I am of course talking about the Mandalorian and I mention it because Gina Carano shows up again and it looked like she was working out even more this time. I mean, Christ almighty woman, how much time are you spending in the gym? And in, in a good way. I mean, she's just like, I mean, but she's getting to the point where it's like, you could fight that light heavyweight in the UFC if you came back. Cause like, whew, she is in, in a very good way, extremely athletic, but man, I'm wondering why. if she was disappointed that they canceled the series on China. <laughs> Maybe. I'm thinking she could actually probably pull that off. Oh, easily. And I'm easily. referring not to the country, but the WWE. I'll call her a personality. Easily. She was a wrestler too, but, and more. So now I have no idea how much, how much Carano is weighing now, but I'm guessing she's got to be 175, 180. I mean, and just like probably 5% and eh, maybe six, 7% body fat. But I mean, women typically are like, Fit women are normally like fifteen percent body fat, so yeah. I mean, it's and I'm impressed. I am not maligning it in any way. It's just no, like no, no. She looks tremendous. I mean, holy cow! And she was always fit, obviously, because she was a world champion in mixed martial arts. But man, well, you know, speaking of the Star Wars universe, she looks like she could pick up Serena Williams and and eat her for breakfast. Ouch. And Serena is like, in in all good ways, a beast. I mean, man, Serena is like one of the top athletes in the world ever, easily. And Carano is just like, 
Anyway. Speaking of the Star Wars universe, there's some Oscar Isaac news that came out. Yes, there is. It was a couple days ago. He, he's a busy he's boy. He's apparently been cast as Solid Snake in the forthcoming Metal Gear Solid movie, which was a great <laughs> video game. Yeah. But this is a, it's this a video is a, game movie. I'm not going to hold my breath on it being spectacular. I'm thinking this is a great idea 20 years ago. Why, why are we doing yeah. a Metal Gear Solid movie now? And I know there are millions of fans still of the series, and there should be because it's a great game series. I'm not saying us, but it's just just kind of a, oh, why are we hitting this now? But that's really cool. Um, and obviously, he's going to be a busy fellow if he's actually going to be Moon Knight on top of that. So, it'll be interesting. Yeah, seriously. And uh, <clears throat> now for a segue into the our big announcement of the poll that we're doing. Woo! Uh, the, the segue being, I rewatched Ghost in the Shell, and you know what? <laughs> there are more references to the original stuff than I had thought. It's still pretty, but it's also still pretty crap. Even if Scarlett <laughs> Johansson is in a spectacular bodysuit. And you know what? That alone is not worth watching this movie. <clears throat> I'm not sure there were any particularly great moments in it, but that's what our poll is about. It is. The greatest individual movie moments. Now, Ideally, I would like it to be a moment, but you know, it will include scenes. But what I mean by individual movie moment, I'm going to use two examples from Star Wars on this. In uh, A New Hope, the original Star Wars movie, when the Millennium Falcon comes in at the end, this is not a spoiler, you've seen Star Wars. When the Millennium Falcon swoops in <laughs> and takes out one of Darth Vader's escort ships, what is the and, Star Wars of what you're speaking? I don't know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. The, <laughs> and it, when that moment happened and everyone in the theater cheered, I remember when people cheered in the oh, yeah. theater. I was six and people were cheering and that made a, an impression on me. I was 52. That's not surprising. That's when I found out <laughs> that, you know, the good guys are going to win. It was a very good moment. That would qualify, whereas in The Empire Strikes Back, and I can mention this because my nephew has seen the scene now, we were keeping it from him. So he <laughs> know, and there's a, I'm not sharing the video of him going, wait, what? That's a thing? Is it really? Wow. <laughs> I'm talking about the I am your father moment, because that's a great moment, but it's not from an individual movie. There was a because it's so close to the end, I'll call it a two-movie build to that moment. Uh, similarly, if you want to go with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the scene in Endgame with Captain America and Mjolnir. One of the what? best what movie moments ever, but you have a 20-what movie build to it? Right. So that that's not going to count. I want the single greatest individual movie moment and you can include scenes on that so you know I, i'm let me give you a couple examples like the, the you shall not pass moment from fellowship of the ring that was a big moment because it's the first one it's it's the first one that um the uh my name is Inigo montoya seen at the end of princess bride because it's the only one 
It's the it, that's it. The and here's one that's going to throw throw Todd off. Uh, the death of Black Wolf at the end of Wizards. Yeah, see? that doesn't that doesn't throw me off. Okay, fine, be that way. <laughs> threw Ted off. I, I got my vowels wrong. Exactly. It's a great individual moment. It is. Um, the chest burster and alien. The end of the usual suspects. Um, chest burster. What? Yeah, yeah. The bank robbery in the dark night. That I mean, that's the second movie, but that is just a scene at the beginning of the movie that had nothing to do with the previous movie. So there was no build up to it, which is there, there was no build point. to it. Uh, the right. trailer doesn't count. There was no build up to that. Right. That's the kind of movie moment we're looking for. Contact us through what? Uh, oh, what on and Twitter? We- I'm at Real Rob Steele. You're what Unreal Todd because Unreal Todd Vandenberg is a bit long. That's right. I am the Unreal Todd. Uh, we've got an email contact at cinemasavants.com. I believe Facebook. Uh, we've got. Or you can call Rob 24-7. Sure. Go for it. I'm not giving out my number, but if you want to call. <laughs> my number is seven. There you go. So there. <clears throat> uh, yeah, that's that's what we're looking for. Let us know what you think and come back in two weeks. I mean, stick around for the rest of the show, but. We'll have the results for you in about two weeks. Yeah, if you don't stick around for the rest of the show, you won't know what to watch or what not to watch. <clears throat> exactly. I mean, when I came up with the idea for individual movie moments, I thought, you know what? Car chases are pretty good individual moments in, in movies. And so I picked two of them, two movies that had really great car chases in them. But is the rest of the movie worth watching? And the answer for both of them is, eh. I think first one I'm going to go through is Ronin came out in 1998 stars. Some guy named Robert De Niro might've seen him in a few other things. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Robert De Niro, Jean Reno is in this Stellan Skarsgård is in it. Sean Bean is in it. And, and check this out. Doesn't die. Spoiler. And, and for Sean Bean not to die. That is a spoiler. That that that's a big thing. <laughs> Jonathan Price is in it. It's got a really good cast. Yes, it does. Um, the basic premise of the story is a whole bunch of people have been hired to steal a case, and the uh, for the IRA, and the IRA is going to sell it to the Russians and make a lot of money so they can do whatever they're going to do. That's really short forming it. So the whole thing is about the heist and how the heist goes wrong. And how the heist goes over here and over there. And no, we know how to get the case back because these guys have it and we need to get it over here. It's actually kind of a fun movie. But the car chase in the middle of it uh, is considered one of the greatest car chases of all time because it did something new. And that was put a camera on the hood of the car. I had not seen that before in a movie. And it, boy, do you get a sense of speed in that. Yes, because. Yes. You're on the hood of the car. How how you're you're not going to get closer to the action than that. And another thing I was thinking, and I want to bounce this off Todd. Have you ever seen a car chase with a woman driver before? Not and I that I can come up with one. Think of offhand, and there probably had been, but but not that I can think of now. I mean, what one of the for me, one of the greatest car, che- car chase scenes uh, was in the second Matrix movie, which was a crap movie, but it was a great car chase. Yes. I remember w- there was a female character whose name has escaped me. I apologize. 
Are we talking about uh, Trinity or somebody else? It wasn't Trinity. Well, although <laughs> Trinity does count because she was on a motorcycle. Yes, she was. Um, so t- yeah, Trinity will count in that. There, there's another car chase with a female driver. If you can't tell up with another long, one, I'm giving you contact information. But that's long after Ronan, so. That is also true. Um, but yeah, Ronan got a lot of good actors, got a good story, got a great car chase. And I, but is it worth seeing just for the car chase? Eh, I, don't, I don't know. I had fun with it. You should have fun with it. Enjoy the car chase. It's about halfway through. I think it's worth seeing. Uh, a lot of people think it's a great movie, and I don't really think it's a great movie, but it is a great car chase. And I think it's a good movie. Totally worth watching. Um, the other one I watched, and I had not watched this one before, was Bullet, which came out in 1968. Um, it's about a cop played by Steve McQueen, who is supposed to protect a witness. And this is not a spoiler because it's the first, what, 15 minutes of the movie. The witness gets killed. Surprise. And so he hides the body so he can keep the DA off his back so he can go find the person who did kill the witness. Now, there is a what's considered by a lot of people one of the best car chases in the history of ever in this movie And it's not bad, but, and I'm watching this with a somewhat critical eye, I think it's a poorly edited car chase. Because there's one section in it, and and actually they do this a couple times, and I, but this is when I noticed it. They passed the same car three times in five clips just from different angles and try to pass it off like they're doing it multiple times. I noticed that because, one, it's a green Volkswagen bug, but it's a dark green, and you don't really see too many of those. And that's what tipped me off. I went, hang on a minute. Well, you did in 1968, but but it is the same car. What are the odds of it passing the exact same cars that are parked on the side of the road repeatedly? Yeah, it's 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 the same car. It's still a pretty good car chase. Uh, The movie is... Uh, 1968 action adventure suspense in that it does slow down in places but it's got a good story it has some good plot twists um i am going to do a bit of a spoiler because i have to ask todd a question yes ask me a question because there was one big thing in this that acts and i know you've seen bullet i have seen bullet i may not remember but i have seen bullet there was one thing that I did not understand in this movie mm-hmm. because the witness is a guy who's going to testify against the organization. It's right. organized crime. It's the mob. He's coming yes. from Chicago yes. to San Francisco where he's going to hide out. Yes. Fine. Here's the thing. The guy who the cops were protecting wasn't the witness. Dum, dum, dum. You know, that's the spoiler. But the witness did show up in San Francisco later. Why? Why did he not go to Tibet or something? You know, because why did he go to San Francisco at all? I believe because the trial was going to be in San Francisco. Because, but, well, I thought yeah. he wasn't testifying at all. <clears throat> he just sent someone there as a decoy while he ran off. Oh, that guy was a decoy, but but because they knew the witness was coming, so that way they gave this 
target to the mob so the mob wouldn't target the actual person that they needed so the oh, whole so, thing was so the so whole robert thing was, was in on it. robert vaughn was in on it who is the boss of steve mcqueen who is bullet who is the detective but bullet wasn't which yeah, is one of I the reasons bullet he was wasn't. so i didn't pissed realize off. that robert vaughn was that makes more sense now robert yeah he, he was in it yeah robert vaughn he's he is uh can't remember now. He's a is he the DA or is he like the? I think he's the DA. That's what I was thinking. Something he, like that. he. So he's a good guy, but he's a total bastard. <laughs> so he. So and he's extremely good at that because he was good at those roles. But I I really like the movie, the car chase, and and that's the difference between looking back on it from 2020, which yeah. literally 52 years ago, and when this came out. This You're is not going to be like, able to see it repeatedly like I did unbelievably spectacular and it still is a pretty damn spectacular car chase oh, yeah. even after nine thousand iterations of the fast and the furious this is still a really good car chase um uh, the the guy who was driving the 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 bad guy's car that bullet is chasing the entire time was a professional driver um so he had he he does i can't remember if he has any lines or any. he has like two or three lines he doesn't have any lines but he's a he's a driver sure he had any he's a driver he is not an actor uh, because they wanted someone who could drive. But Steve McQueen was the driver. Well, Steve McQueen's also uh, really big into cars and right, you know, right. what he was doing, driving and stuff. Which which was a big deal back then. So this was like a Tom Cruise thing, except way before Tom Cruise as far as driving. So yeah, Steve McQueen was a, was a very accomplished race car driver. And I so, kept meaning to look this up, but are there more, are there more bullet movies? Nope, that's it. See, the reason I'm asking is because Robert Duvall's in this movie. Yeah. As a cab driver. Yep. <laughs> Robert, Robert Duvall, uh, Boo Radley himself, has been around a long time in a lot of small roles before. And basically, and one of them. he's been a character actor probably like six months in the womb. So, yeah, dude has been around forever. But yeah, Bullet, I think, is great. And, and one of the things that makes it so great is... Uh, does it slow down in points, like you said? Absolutely. Could it have been better overall? Yeah, absolutely. But it's got Steve McQueen, who is, he's still basically the king of cool. And 68 there was are, like the pinnacle. I was just thinking there were some scenes that could have been shortened. Oh, yeah. Like, we, you know, we see the see an airplane land and watch it taxi all the way up to the terminal. <laughs> and you're going, you can yes. cut, you know. You've got yeah. the capability. I agree. I've got scissors. Um, you know, that, that could have been done a bit better. It could have been, it could have been tighter to use technical. Or, or they could have put more actual plot into it than they did either way. But yeah, it's still, I think it's still a great movie because Steve McQueen and the car chase is excellent. So, so yeah, that, that, that's my two movies this week. Ronan and bullet. Both of them have great car chases. Uh, bullet being the better movie. And and I have a few more holiday themed movies holidays. in general because why holidays are, are holiday coming up. Stuff in December. Yeah, why would we do that? Uh, these are lesser. The first two, they're both cult cult films. The first is Krampus, uh, came out in 2015. Has a exactly. really good cast, uh, led by Tony Collette of all people. So she's in this totally B-level movie horror film. And it's about the legend of Krampus. Krampus, who's, who's the 
yeah, like fl the flip side of Santa Claus. He's the one who shows up for naughty children. This one kid is gets upset by his dysfunctional family, rightly so, because they're extremely dysfunctional at the holidays. And he just wants to have a nice Christmas and he can't have it. So he wishes it wasn't Christmas or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So Krampus comes, Krampus invades their town. Krampus, spoiler alert, Krampus like kills scads of people because it's a horror movie. Um, the problem I have with this movie is that it, well, other than the fact that it's not very good, is <laughs> you see Krampus in little bits and pieces early on, which is great. I love building up the suspense for that. And then Krampus shows up at the end and he's, uh, he's kind of like a horrifying version of Santa Claus with two long goat horns. Yay. Um, they throw in a lot of like minor horror creatures in the interim. So it kind of turns into a bad knockoff of gremlins. So it's almost like a bad version of critters, if you can imagine that. There's all these evil dark elves that show up and there's little weird gingerbread men, which are evil. <clears throat> and I, I don't really care about all that crap because, you know, they're, they're kind of effective scenes, whatever. And the actors that they have in it do a good job of pulling it off. But I, I want to see Krampus. I don't want to see all this other crap. It's just a distraction. I would much rather have had a slow build like you would get with Halloween, which is a classic film where you have the one protagonist and we don't get that. It's just a lot of wasted garbage. So, and they've done, I don't know how many versions of Krampus they've done at this point of that legend, probably a dozen. Um, honestly, I would not watch Krampus. It is available for streaming, but don't waste your two ninety nine for the rental. Uh, if three ninety nine, three ninety nine. If you want to watch a scary Christmas kind of film, though, there is a much much better alternative that is called Rare Exports: A Christmas Tale. This came out in two thousand ten. It is, I uh, believe, Norwegian. Uh, it is from one of the lovely Scandinavian countries. And this, instead of saying, oh, it's all about Krampus, the evil version of Santa Claus. No, this one just flat out says Santa Claus was evil. So it's a very interesting take on that. Uh, <laughs> some people, I believe they're drilling for oil, they're oil drilling or something like that. And they un unleash the evil Claus who, uh, there's a reason they called him Claus and it's not because it's C-L-A-U-S. And so once, once, once the horrific real Santa Claus is, is unleashed, things are not so good. So this kind of turns in, this is much more like a setup of John Carpenter's version of the thing where these people are isolated and this creature is stalking them, except it doesn't like turn into them. But this has the one villain. You get little bits and pieces of them. It has a much better build of suspense. Yes, it's, you're going to have to, well, I think it's available with an English dub. But if not, whatever. It is available on, I believe, I on Amazon Prime. Prime. I couldn't remember if it was Prime or Hulu. Totally worth watching. Much scarier than Krampus. Holds together much better than Krampus. And just flat out says, yeah, you don't have to worry about the bad version. And then maybe the real one will show up. It's like, nah, this one, he's just straight up a bad dude. It is also on Hulu, Crackle, and... It is Hulu. Okay. I thought it was on Hulu, too. So, of the two... Don't waste your time with Krampus. Although if you manage to catch it for free, it's worth watching. It's got Adam Scott. And I mentioned Tony Collette, David Kirchner, uh, as in the sports dude from Anchorman. As in Todd from The Office, the American version. So if you don't recognize the name, you recognize the actor. Uh, they're all really good. But the movie, 
isn't that good, but Rare Exports, A Christmas Tale, really good. And speaking of Hulu, I also watched a new film, new holiday film, because God knows there's only 10 million of them every year, on Hulu called The Happiest Season. This also has to do a little bit with what we were talking about with Elliot Page, since this is in the LGBTQ community. They're a pair of lovers who are going to go off to one of the girl's parents for Christmas. And this will be a great Christmas because the first, Kristen Stewart, the, the girl who never smiles, and Mackenzie Davis, who was the lead in Izzy Gets the F Across Town, which is a movie I love. Also, she's in Terminator Dark Fate. Uh, they're, the, they're the pair. They're the, the happy pair that are together. So they are going to go off to Mackenzie's parents and have a wonderful Christmas for them. Uh, there's a problem, though. Mackenzie hasn't actually come out to her parents uh, and doesn't bother to tell Kristen until they're on the way there. So then she says, well, you know, let's just do this. Just to say you're my roommate and we'll still have a great Christmas. And Stuart's still looking looking forward to this because her parents, she lost her parents, so she didn't really have good Christmases, blah, blah, blah. But because she's forced to be in this role of just being the roommate, things get strained and get worse and get worse. No, um, it can't be. There's uh, another young lady who comes into the picture, played by Aubrey Plaza, which is tremendous, because Aubrey Plaza is tremendous, who kind of hits on Kristen, and maybe they're going to have something going on. Maybe they're going to break apart. Mackenzie, that is, and Kristen, and I don't remember the characters' names, and it doesn't matter. Um, Harper, Abby, and Riley. He says there we go. IMDb. And Riley is is played by <clears throat> Aubrey Plaza, who of the three actresses, I think, does the best job, even though she has a smaller role. However, I really, really like this movie. It's a good, it's a, it, parts of the parts that are supposed to be funny are very funny. The parts that are dramatic are quite dramatic um it, it came across as a real very real story I and mean, there were a few things that are kind of forced but overall i thought it was very well written Kristen stewart actually smiles at times and looks like she is genuinely happy dun, dun, dun. i have not seen her do this and literally i've not seen her do this in any film where there are extended periods of time where she appears to be happy. Now there are points where she's grumpy, like long extended periods because she specializes in that because. Yeah. The twilight saga. Get some, get some therapy woman. My God. <laughs> but <clears throat> this is the first time I've seen her in a movie where I actually enjoyed her performance, even in underwater, which I watched because I thought, Oh, that'll be good. And it's like, now nah, she's basically grumpy the whole time too. It's like, <sighs> like, like have her in a film called underwater. Cause wood floats. <laughs> she's actually better in that film but she's really good in the happiest season yes she is upset for most of the time and i'm sure they said why don't you be the one who is put upon and feels bad about it and all the rest of it because you're good at that um but she's really good mackenzie davis is excellent Aubrey probably is like over the top great uh I really, really like The Happiest Season. Uh, some people might not watch it because, ooh, it's about two girls who are in love. Like, get over it. Uh, 
I think this is this is not going to be like a perennial. Oh, let's watch this for Christmas. It's not like that, but totally worth your time if you already have Hulu. Highly recommend The Happiest Season. Uh, of the three films, for most people, I would say this is probably the one that I mentioned that most people would like is The Happiest Season. If you have kind of a quirky sense of humor, or if you like horror movies, definitely you want to watch Rare Exports. But three holiday films, two of them worth watching for me. And as far as Rob's choices, I really like both of those movies. But Bullet's the better one. Uh, fine, you want a holiday movie? Die Hard. <laughs> Probably the best movie that we of all the ones that we talked about, even though we didn't talk about Die Hard. But yeah, see that, that, that's all. You just need to mention it, and everyone goes, "Yeah, okay, that's the best Christmas movie ever." <laughs> Fight me. The, it's not the best Christmas movie ever. Could Hans Gruber being dropped from the top of the Nakatomi Plaza be the greatest individual movie moment? Ooh, brilliant, brilliant pullback into the theme. See, see, that's what we're looking for. Let us know about the poll. We've given you some movies to watch. And Warner Brothers deal with HBO means now you don't have to go to the theater. You can, in fact, stay home and watch a movie. Captain, we're losing power in the warp engines. I think we should be leaving now. I'm going to go home and sleep with my wife. Uh, and on that unusually harmonious bombshell, it is time to end. I am very disappointed. Man, we have a weird job. It's shameful, but uh, eh, it's a living. And like that, he's gone. Darn, that's the end. <laughs>